Hey guys, welcome to the Real Love Podcast. Actually, I have a little bit of news for you. Starting next month, uh, this podcast will be shifting uh, to the Purpose Podcast, and we're really excited about it. I'm going to leave a little bit of mystery to it as to why we are doing that, but just as you search for it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube, Purpose Podcast is where you will find this content that's going to continue to help you win your world. Now, you know me, hopefully, my name is Zach, you know my wife, Rachel, but we have one of our best friends with us. Jess, why don't you introduce yourself? What's up, guys? My name is Jess Elston, and I get the honor, the privilege to serve at Faith Promise Church as a global worship pastor and follow these two. I love you guys so much and so excited to be here. Yeah. We love you. We love you. So fun. This is, this is going to be so much fun, uh, and this is obviously what we're going to talk about. I am an expert on, but we're going to let these <laughs> ladies in on. Um, in our series right now, we are talking about God awed. We are talking about worship. And so, that and hey, worship, it seems like it really just gets relegated to like weekend services and stuff like that, but it's so much more. And I was just joking. These two are like worship professionals. They, they I just, I just learn all I can from them. But hey, before we dive into it, why don't we talk? about what's a funny worship story, a funny story that comes to mind when we think about worship. I'll go first. <clears throat> it's Easter, eight years ago, and we've just finished this deep, emotionally, like, strenuous production that has been filled by our creative department. And this, like, there's this guy and his wife and his daughter have died. It's very sad. And, like, it ends and. What is supposed to happen is we're supposed to go into this like reflective time, this like beautiful song plays that just talks about eternity and communicates this message about God's design for you and him to be together. And we are on stage, the video goes off, the lights come up and you hear because somebody press the wrong button and the track to one of the songs we open the service with starts to play. So I just say, <clears throat> we're having, and then it just stops. Like, cause I don't know where it just stops. There's no music. So I just say, we're having some technical difficulties. Let's just take a moment and pray. And I'm just praying, whipping my finger behind me. Like somebody play something. Nobody plays anything. Somebody nobody help. <laughs> nobody like to, uh, pl picks on the guitar. Nothing. So I finally say amen. And I'm like, I got no more for them. There's nothing I've got left. And then somebody goes, okay. <laughs> and they press the button. It was awful. Amazing. Incredible. What about you, Jess? I'll share one. Um, this person will re remain anonymous. Mm. I did ask permission and I could mm -hmm. share this, but. Uh, it's kind of the same scenario. It was Christmas 2018, I want to say. I um, was serving at our North Knox campus, and uh, we were actually going into this more down, reflective, introspective moment. And it's an acapella piece, right? So acapella is no music, just voices, right? And so playing this intricate, um, super awesome moment for our Christmas service, the nativity scenes there, baby Jesus. And so we're loading onto stage. It is pitch black, though. And for Christmas services, we were in a couple, couple lights, right? So there was a light where there typically wouldn't be a light as we're loading onto the stage. And we all knew this. We talked through it in rehearsals. Hey, watch that light. It's not usually there. Okay. So this individual heard that information like the rest of us did. But um, this particular service, <laughs> the real live thing, 
We come out and it is dark, granted, on the stage, on the platform. We're getting in our spots surrounding baby Jesus and I'm set and I just hear. Hopefully y'all heard that. (laughs) I can do it with my hands here. I turn around and this individual is face down, prostrate (laughs) before the Lord and all of us. Phone had flew across the platform and he is down, face down. And we, everybody heard it. The whole team did. And so we're getting set. And so he makes it somehow before the lights come up. And all you see is this. Our shoulders are just like this. Just before we start, <laughs> shoulders raising up and down. Was he a worship leader or up. was he like a biblical yes, character? Worship leader, okay. a part of the, oh, had man, to sing an uh, integral part. And so we are done. We're crying. We make it through the acapella. I don't know how. I'm just glad I wasn't the first couple notes. So we make it through it and then we get backstage and just lose it. Amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, it's so so I, these, these guys, they lead worship. I don't. Uh, but uh, whenever I communicate my microphone, if I don't turn it off, whenever I talk or sing or whatever, they can all hear me in their ears. And uh, there was, I, I don't know, this was a couple years ago, um, and I walk off stage and they're sassing me about me singing in my microphone because I like, I love the Lord. I like to worship. It ain't, it ain't good. And uh, hey, it's this is my story. <laughs> and so during the run, th- or sorry, during like the welcome and stuff like that, I turn my microphone on and I'm, I'm like talking trash, whatever. I'm talking trash, talking trash. And so, and, and that weekend I had an umbrella as a prop and the drummer, Zach Carringer, he decided he was going to get me back. So he put baby oil all over the handle of that umbrella. And so I go to pick up the umbrella and it, it's in the middle of like a serious moment and my hands are covered in baby oil. <laughs> and so like it's so slippery, I can barely open the umbrella. And so then I open the umbrella and then I'm praying and I'm trying to like, pr- I'm trying to pray. If you're on YouTube, you can see it. But I'm like praying and like switching back and forth. Uh, it's a toss up whether Zach's going to heaven over that. But um, hey, one more thing um, as, as we, and then we'll, we'll, we'll jump in. What's your favorite old school worship song? Favorite old school worship song? Mom would be one we did at my church called What a Mighty God We Serve because mm-hmm. it had motions with it. God. What a Mighty God We Serve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. So, yes, that's the one. I so, don't know this one. That was my first time, like, you know, really getting active with my body in worship. So, everybody. And if you wasn't bowing before him when we sang Angels Bow Before Him, somebody going to look at you like, you better get to bowing. You look that up. What heaven song is that called? What song is it? What's it called? It's what a Mighty God We Serve. Y'all look that up for your next. Look it up. Uh, oh yeah. My your, your God. Next Do the time, motions. Your next time. Yes. That's, uh, yes. Amazing. Are you trying to find your. What, what was no, yours? I was trying to make sure I said the right name, but it's. I think it's still called. It's Prince of Peace, but it's the. They have, you know, the girls and the boys, they sing like different stuff at the same time. That's why I like it so much. It's like Alpha, Omega, Beginning, beginning Savior, Messiah, Redeemer. We could do this the whole time, guys. We could do this the whole time. So good. Yeah, I like uh, I like the whole Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, God my provider. This is where this is where everybody stopped listening. Oh yeah, all sure. I um, told you. But hey, okay. So as we dive in, because really what we're going to talk about right now is what is worship. That's that's the hope for this week. Is what is worship? And uh, and I, I encourage you before we get into it. What do you think worship is? When I say hey, what's worship? What what is that for you? Um, and so as we started to get into that, it's so much more than seeing a couple songs before or after a sermon, what is worship? And what we had talked about beforehand is sharing our favorite verse about worship. And so 
Uh, Jess, if, if you don't mind, I'll start with you. What is your favorite verse when it comes to worship? Absolutely. It would be Psalm 86, verses 11 and 12. It says, Teach me your way, O God, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all of my heart. I will glorify your name forever, for great is your love toward me. So what is it about that that just that, I mean, when it comes to worship, yeah. what is it about that? It's that undivided heart part, right? Mm-hmm. So anything that I do, I don't separate um, my entire being from God. I'm thinking, hey, if I'm worshiping you, if I'm loving you, I want to be undivided in that, not split into my affections or if I'm placing anything before him. So that's worship to me, having that undivided heart. Then it says, for great is your love toward me. So it's a response to his love for me is my worship. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. What about you, Rach? So I like Isaiah 25, 1, and it says, Lord, you are my God. I'll exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness, you've done wonderful things, things planned long ago. And, you know, Isaiah has all the, there's so many prophecies about Jesus coming. And so you just think about that, like all the things, all the wonderful things. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. And just like you said, Jess, like in, it's in response to how, incredibly mighty and good. And you've always been that way. So even when I was in sin and in my shame, you had planned the wonderful things, the good things of heaven for me to experience. And so that's my favorite. That's good. And this is one, mine, I actually use it every day. And now something special, I think, for you as your process of worship, everybody's so different. I am not, these two leaders, they're so creative. I'm not, I'm not very creative. And so like, mine's not going to be real flowy and, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not just going to worship in a room. That's just not going to be me. Uh, but I have a list that I pray through every day. And one of these things I pray through every, literally every day is Psalms 100 and specifically verses three and four. And it says, know the Lord is God. And so I, I think that's a part of worship right there. Just know the Lord is God. Um, it is he who made us. Uh, again, another reminder when it comes to worship, he who made us and we are his. And so again, again just that you're, you're, you're his, that's, that's, that's who you are. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And so just before we go any further for this, what helps me is processing a posture of humility. Uh, a guy that I love, uh, John Wesley, um, who you can look him up, just look up quotes from John Wesley, unbelievable guy, saw revivals, great, great leader. But he has this quote where he says, this is crazy. He says, bring me a worm that understands a man, and I'll bring you a man that understands God. So bring me a worm that can understand the complexity of a man or a woman, and I'll bring you a person who can understand the complexity of God. That's good. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, again, because I think when we say we are his people, the sheep of his pasture, I feel like sometimes that can feel a little, not necessarily offensive, but maybe a little off-putting, but... She, I mean, we were chosen, right? He chose us. So, but it's really this part. Sorry. Um, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his course with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And so for me, thanksgiving and praise. Thanksgiving, I'm so thankful and praise for who he is. Uh, but that, I, and and I have a, Psalms is amazing. I think well, you use Isaiah, but either way. So that, that that's my that's my favorite uh, worship passage. And so uh, we talked a little bit about this and... Um, Rach, uh, uh, Rach, would you read the uh, definition of worship that you pulled from 1 Kings 8, 
33? Yeah, it is the confession of sin and subsequent praising of God. So, okay, so yeah, well, let, let's talk about that a little bit. So, because that, read it one more time and then let's talk about it. It's the confession of sin and subsequent praising of God. So, I, I don't think that many people, when they thought about praise, um, confession of sin was in the picture. So why why do we why do you think I mean again Second uh, Timothy three sixteen all Scripture is inspired by God so what do y'all why do y'all think that's a part of it why do you think that the confession of sin is a part of worship well you know we both said it's this response to the goodness and the greatness of God and unless you are willing to acknowledge and you talked about it, like you have a spirit of humility unless you're aware of like your sin, of your, um, you know, Isaiah, in the beginning of Isaiah, he says like, woe is me for I'm a man of unclean lips. Unless you have an awareness of your sinfulness, that you are destined for the wrath of God. And because of who he is, how good and how great and how holy he is, like you can even be in his presence. I don't think we can fully start to experience worship as God intended us to. There's a piece of us that misses out on the the magnitude of God and our only response to that, like you can only have that kind of response unless you've stopped first and said, oh gosh, woe is me. I am unholy. I'm unrighteous. Wait, so, I mean, like, would you agree with that? Yeah, but, but so here's the challenge I think of people are going to feel. It's not just kind of church talk our way through it. Everything you no, said is right. I'm not church talking. No, I know you're not, but we can get lost in this. I think a lot of people, whenever they feel, at least I've felt this way for a long time. Whenever I think about repentance, the the natural feeling is not worship. It's a guilt. Mm-hmm. That, you know what I'm saying? And so what do you, what do you think about that, Jess? How, I mean, have you ever felt that way? For it, sure. So worship is beholding God. So if I come in his presence, that's what happened in Isaiah. He came into the presence of a holy God and he looked at himself and was like, Yo, I'm I'm pretty broken, and so I need God. I need a Savior, and so him confessing his need for God. That's what it says: confession of sin and then praising of God. Kind of like you were saying, "Hey, I'm broken. I need God. I be- I beheld this holy person, and I've seen my brokenness. My dependence is then going to be gratitude that He saved me, that He is bringing me into a place to have that relationship with Him again, and that's worship, right? So receiving that. Hey, even though he's holy, he made a bridge through Jesus that I could reach that holiness. And I no longer have to go through all these hoops that creates praise, that creates gratitude within me. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I, I just think that that's, again, that's that's not a definition that we made up. It's 1 Kings 8.33, confession of sin and subsequent praising of God. And I think that's just a part of praise that we forget about. And just to remember God's, and, and I think we have to be careful because we want to get to God's outlook on things. And so God's outlook on repentance is not one of guilt. You know, Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Guilt's not from God. And so, I mean, our, our repentance should, um, our repentance really should incur uh, gratitude, you know, not, not guilt. But the, but the enemy, even when we're on our track to something good, he's been deceiving people for so long, he knows a way to even use the momentum going towards something good, 
um, to, to, to do that. And so, well, I was listening to, um, a podcast with Christine Kane this morning and she talked about like repentance is like, is transformation. So it's the kindness of the Lord that leads you to repentance. And so if you, um, if we look at repentance, which is an, it's, it is like this great deception of the enemy, you miss out on the kindness of God, because when we, when we recognize our sin, and in, in response to that, our mind and our hearts, our soul are, is transformed. That is that is the function of repentance is to turn toward the Lord. And so she was just talking about like her testimony is, is this experience. Her life is transformed. So when you tell people, hey, I had a change of mind and heart because of the power of Christ, you are, you are exposing them to the kindness of God, that he would allow for you to experience that kind of transformation. Mm-hmm. That's good. And another definition, so that's a biblical one. Another definition that we had talked about is seeing and glorifying, or you know, glorifying may be a churchy word. We, you know, seeing and glorifying or celebrating God and everything that you do. And so get into a place in life where an uh, outlook, in response, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, our life is just a constant response to circumstances. Are we, how, how are we responding? Not reacting, but how are we responding? You know, reacting is more of a victim mindset, whereas responding is, hey, this is who I am. This is how, this is how I view things. And so seeing and glorifying uh, or celebrating God in everything that you do. And we're going to talk about maybe some quotes and stuff that have impacted us as far as that. But what's that look like for you guys kind of day to day as we're processing what is worship, having a worship mindset? What's it look like for you guys to see and glorify God in, in what you do? I would say acknowledging him throughout my day, right? So I think we can all wake up in the morning and shoot our prayer up or whatever, you know, if you have that time. Hey, I'm starting my day with God. For me, worship looks like throughout the day, conversations, bringing him into it, right? We're going to talk about who we love. You guys are married, right? You talk about each other. And so if I love him that much, he should be coming up in my conversations. He should be coming up um, in my thoughts, right? In my actions, so throughout the day, acknowledging God is a form of worship. And even though I'm here vocationally in a church, it should happen outside of that as well. You're a hairdresser, you're a nurse. It's all worship, right? If you're bringing God into your conversations, um, into your day-to-day, moment-by-moment. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And hey, we want to give you guys some resources. And so uh, we picked out a couple things that were impactful to us, uh, some books, some devotionals, and then just a piece of them that, that really uh, highlight a worship. And so, babe, you had one from a, a book you read. Yeah, I um, love Jackie, Hill's, uh, Jackie Hill Perry's book, Holier Than Thou. It is so good. And what she does is she um, very clearly articulates how um, the people of God have begun to worship idols and how easy it is to have idols in your life. And it's one of the Ten Commandments. There should be no other gods before me. And um, so there is this quote, and it actually, this is so good because it um, comes up along repentance, and I didn't know we were going to talk about that. But she has this quote from the book. Um, <clears throat> it says, if we have traded God for an idol, we are not left to ourselves away from his compassion or help. We can trade back. And this is called repentance, turning from a dead idol to follow the God who not only has life in himself, 
but more than enough to share with you. And she talks about like, you know, an idol is you can take, she's, uh, this, this is another way she, she talks about idols. She says, we take what God called good and remove a letter from it. So there are all kinds of amazing good things in your life that you find yourself dwelling on, investing your time and your money in, your energy in, your emotions in. And when you line that up against God and you say, how much, hey, am I acknowledging, am I coming into the presence of the Lord, acknowledging my brokenness before him, and then having this response of adoration? You know, we oftentimes will miss that because we've we've come into the presence of something else. And they're good things that God gives us, relationships, um, children, uh, your job, um, and, you know, even like platforms that God's given you to share. And those things become more important. They supersede God. So that book Jack um, by Jackie Hill Perry, it's called Holier Than Thou, is so good at really talking about the concept of worship and then the idols that we have exchanged um, for God. That's good. That's, that's a great book. Jackie Hill Perry, uh, that's, that, that's great. What about you, Jess? I knew you had you had something that impacted yeah. you. So the devotional that I pair with my Bible reading is called New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. And every day is a he takes a little quote and then writes a devotional off of it. And so this one reminded me of worship uh, more than, you know, just musical in the day to day more so. So it says in the physical realm, you are hardwired to breathe. You do it constantly, even though you are most often unaware of it. You don't have the option of saying, I'm tired of breathing. I think I'll just stop. You don't have the option of denying that you are a breather. It is an inescapable part of your physicality. In the same way, you were made for a relationship and to worship God. This means that everything you think, say, or do is done in reference to God. And so he puts, he puts it in another way of like, you can't wake up in the morning without bumping into God, right? And so I see that as worship. Um, because we all are worshiping something, right? And he also calls it little messiahs. So trading trading the Messiah, the Savior for these other little things that do reflect God's glory, you know, um, that do give you glimpses of his goodness, but you trade that and put that in first place or put that at the center instead of the actual Messiah. So you're kind of forsaking him. You're, you're forsaking the creator for the creation, to bring you your validation, your affirmation, all those things. So exactly what she's saying as the idols. So yeah, that's so good. And and something for me that I I wanted us to get some some variety in what we gave you. Obviously, outside of the word and prayer, um, I'm I'm really enjoying and have actually for years. I like um, you know uh, Revelation twelve eleven says we'll overcome the enemy by the uh, blood of the Lamb, which is Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, and the word of our testimony. And so I love hearing uh, and reading and studying people who've lived lives of worship. And so like, uh, there's there's a book called Jesus Freaks um, or The Insanity of God uh, where these people were martyred. Right now I'm reading this series of book called God's Generals. And But what's so wild is whenever you roll the clock back where there wasn't all these distractions, whether it be phones and Netflix and social media and all this stuff, there really was like, it seems like there was a more depth to worship. And so for me, like, I just, I just wonder how much, cause I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, and you may not say, you know, they have some good things. I wouldn't say there's a letter pulled out with her God, which that's so stinking good. She's so, so good. good. She's so good. She's so good. But whenever I, whenever Race and I talked about it last night, whenever we weigh 
our like media time uh, against our just reflection of God time, it would seem like Netflix is better. You know what I'm saying? It would just seem like uh, if worship was as simple as time devoted, which it's not, but if it were, um, and so again, that's, but that's one of those things that, that, that just, it brings me into it. It's hard because we just live this life. This is what we do. And actually, if you listen to this podcast, which I've, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you, we're so proud of you for investing in yourself and wanting to grow. But I mean, a lot of us, if we're doing this, then we're probably doing more than people around us. So we give the old pat, pat on the back. We're doing pretty good. Um, and, uh, so I like, I like to get into that where people were, Gosh, I got I got some I got some stretching to do when you look at when you look at Whitfield and you look at Amy Simple McPherson, you look at the Wesley brothers, you look at some of this stuff. Uh, but either way, so that's some of the things that that we do. Get X is funny. Seems like we have a theme of idols going on. Uh, but just we want to have, you know, just a few minutes of real talk here. Uh, what are the idols um, that we struggle with? What do we worship? And so I think it's a great lead in. Uh, maybe you could use as this, maybe some for you to process as, as you're listening to this or watching. But if worship is as simple as time, devoted. Uh, but for you guys, when y'all process, hey, what's an idol in my life? What comes to mind? A whole list. <laughs> Go ahead, Rachel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I am so sinful. Um, you know, I actually, I just wanted to pull up the definition of idol, and it's an image or representation of a God used as an object of worship or a person or thing that is greatly admired, loved, or revered. And um, actually, this is super in mine and Zach's life, very present. We're, we're processing through our home and, and you know, are we going to buy, are we going to build? And I like, it matters to me that I have a concrete plan. I want to know exactly how things are going to like weigh out. And uh, so I worship like control. I worship uh, this concept of like knowing what is to come, like um, like um, a very fixed future, which obviously I have no control of the future. I'm very well aware of it. Like I'm not infinite. I'm I'm <laughs> very finite and limited. And so I I worship like the concept of being limitless. So I will even I'll over book my calendar. You'll see it in the way like I overbook my calendar, how many try things I try and take on. And then emotionally, you'll see the the cost of that. Oh, I struggle. I'm struggling being anxious or I'm frustrated or afraid. And that's this uh, because I'm worshiping the wrong thing. And uh, so for me, it's, it's control. Mm, that's good. That's great. Um, for me, I would say it boils down to myself, right? Self first. Anything that I put before God typically aids me in some way, my flesh, right? Instead of the spirit. And also, honestly, community, right? So I love, love people and that can become an idol. So in the right order, right? I love God first and then people. But there's sometimes if I'm going through something, I want to run to a person first, right? To get their, get their feedback, get their um, help, their validation, right? Instead of to Christ first. And so people, in some sense, become an idol in that way for me. And then honestly, just being real in ministry, my service to God becoming bigger than my love for him. So I'm serving. So I'm worshiping him. Right. But even service to him does not beat out true devotion and true time spent with him. So I can worship all these good things. Right. Mm -hmm. Back to that. That's so the good, good that we see. I, I act like or think that it's good. 
but you drop that other O out and it becomes God for me. So I struggle with that for sure. Mm, what about good. you, Pastor? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I would think that mine would be success. Um, you know, if you do the Enneagram, I'm a, I'm a three, two, uh, three for sure. So I, I really like to perform. I really like to produce. I really like to please. And so, um, you know, whether it's God, whether it's, uh, my parents, whether it's Rachel, whether it's, uh, staff, whatever it might be, I, I just like to be successful. And so, and it's so, uh, dumb <laughs> whether it's and because when you think about like oh it's the church you know oh, oh that matters right and, and it, it, it it matters but guys it's like golf too for real like it's so dumb like I'll, I'll call Rachel and I'd be like babe I didn't play good and I feel bad and it's like what in the world and I I, I can hear it when I'm saying I'm like you a doofus. And I can't stop it. I can't stop it. And and I really think, again, like there's a surface thing of golf, which golf doesn't matter. Well, it matters. It, it doesn't, in the grand scheme, it doesn't matter. But there's something deeper, um, which is I, I worship in some ways being successful, being good at what, being good and being perceived as good. Um, and so that that's something for sure for me. So, hey, lightning round on two more questions. So, Jess, how do you worship in crappy circumstances? I want to be, I want to have proactively worship before. So when the hard time comes, I've practiced gratitude first. Um, I have a practice of thanking God in all circumstances. So for me, it is a proactive, um, thank you, Lord, you know, for the great day. Thank you, Lord, for the, I, I like to say it this way. Uh, when I go to sleep at night, um, if I have a roof over my head, I've eaten that day. Um, I'm grateful, right? If any, if I've had the worst day ever, I have a roof over my head. I'm sleeping. You know what I'm saying? So I try to put things in perspective. And so my reflex, my default, if it is a bad day, is it's not that bad, to be honest. You know, if that makes sense. So there's people that have worse circumstances than me. And so I try to keep that proactive mindset going into whatever type of day my end, day ends up being. That's good. What about you? Bad circumstances, how are you still going to worship? Um, you know, what Jess said is good. I think um, another thing is the people around you. Do the people around you worship? And so in my worst moments, there were people who texted us and called us, and even when I didn't want to hear it and I didn't like it, pushed me to the feet of the Father and reminded me of His magnitude, you know, how beautiful He is, yeah. even when life didn't feel like that. I, I'm just realizing I do not, I just don't do this very well. I don't know if it's because I'm prideful or it goes back to the successful thing. I was just processing even before, like, how do I worship? Um, and again, I, I can give you an answer. Like, I have a consistent time with God, this like, this clockwork. And so like, I'm never going to get into bad circumstances for a long time without getting in it. Um, and so that's, that would be like, that's my God, that's my, that's my church answer. That's my Sunday school answer. But my for real answer is, I, I just don't think I do a very good job of that. Cause I want, I'm just a, I'm a fixer, like I'm a solver, and so like I don't know, my, I don't know that my knee jerk all the time is worship. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just processing. I just, just all, as I'm thinking about it, I, I can just do a better job. So, um, hey, let's as as we wrap up, um, let's get one takeaway. What's one thing that people can do? 
um, in their life to build this worship mindset, to make worship in their life more than just songs in a service? Repent. I know that that is, <laughs> it's a church word, but literally like slow down and take time with the Lord and come into his presence and ask him to expose you to yourself. Hey God, like I need to see the brokenness in me. I need to see the sin so that I can experience transformation. And as I experience that transformation in the love of the father, I will, as a result, um, adore you. Hmm. That's good. Repent. What would you say, Jess? Acknowledge God throughout your day. Talk about him to somebody. Um, it's not it's not super hard. Trust me. Um, even if you have whatever type of personality you have, um, you will get in conversations with people or bring something up about themselves and say, hey, I went through that and God helped me. Easy as that. Right. So acknowledge them through your day. Bring them into your conversations and worship them that way. Yeah, that's good. And and I, I would say have a time, have a time. So like there's going to be opportunities like what Rachel said. You don't always have to repent. Like I, and right now in this moment, I don't need to repent That's for right. anything. I'm, I'm good, right? Uh, it, it, by the end of today, that will be the case. But in this moment, it's the case. For Jess, so, I mean, I mean, there's going to be days where there's opportunities, days where there's not. But there, there should be a time every day that's devoted. You know, um, we you know, there's a biblical principle of tithing. Uh, your your finances, and I think something even more important than finances is time. And so I tithe my time. Um, my best time. And actually there's a Michael Hyatt podcast that the most successful people are the most productive or like 82% of them are the most productive between eight and 11. And so, I mean, it's from, it's from like seven fifteen to almost 11. And now that's my job. So I, I get that. So I, I get, not everybody can do that, but what's your time? It's his. Um, and Hey, just wrapping up, just off something Jess said, I, I really do not think there's something that honors God more in worship than you sharing your faith. I really don't. And I think just going off what Jess said, that she talks about him, um, I, I really don't think there's anything that shows him that you love him more. There's not anything that shows him that you want to sacrifice more. There's really, because there's not things much more scary than you winning your world by sharing your story, by sharing Jesus' story. And so in the last time I shared it, just last week or two weeks ago with this girl named, this, this girl um, who's our waitress, and I was sharing something out of my life. I really could like the Grinch. You remember the Grinch's heart grew? I, and I was sharing what God did in my life. I could feel my heart, like my capacity to love God grow. And so I would just say, if you really want to worship him and you're like, hey, I for real, like I really want to, I, I want more. I want more of a worship lifestyle. Do the things we talked about, but you you want to jump in the deep end and get out there and share your faith. You're not going to have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. And when I don't have the answer, I say, hey, is there any way I can get your number? And I'll call you back with the answer like later today or tomorrow. But you can do it. So, again, we love you so much. And, and we, we hope that this helped you build a worship mindset. Again, I want to remind you, uh, start next month, and we'll tell you why next month. But this will be the Purpose Podcast on Apple uh, Podcasts, on Spotify, on YouTube, and so and Google. And, hey, can we encourage you? Share this. If this is helpful, share it on social media. Just copy this link, send it to a friend. Worship mindset will change the game. Hey, Jess, you mind praying for us and closing us out? Absolutely. Jesus, we love you so much. As we talk about who you are, um, even right now, this is worship. As we acknowledge you, um, as we help 
um, Christ followers, as we help people that don't even know you yet, Father, just see and behold you, um, that worship is a lifestyle, that it is our response to how great you are, our response to um, your goodness and how big you are in our every circumstance. We pray that you would um, allow us to see you in everything, in every moment, Father, that we would take practical steps to worship you this week, tomorrow, um, in a few months, Father, that it would continue to um, just be practical in our lives. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. See you soon.